What's up, dirtbags? Welcome back to episode 155 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, and today we're joined by a guy who I don't think has actually been a real guest on this show for 131 episodes. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably already saw it uh, on the title, but Ramrod is back joining us today. Uh, we haven't had Ramrod on for a while, and uh, yeah, we just thought, well, well, actually, we we bought a third microphone after the Scott Mockentune deal, and uh, we didn't want to uh, have any jumbles uh, when we had a real angler yeah, come, a real to, guest. come down to the beat lab, so it's like, well, piss on it. Well, I mean... We needed a guinea pig. Yeah. I'm, so he's kind of like... It's like uh, First Ice. We'll send him out there first. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. So how are you guys? I, I'm doing good. It feels good to be back. Yeah, no kidding. I kind of held us up there a little bit. Well, it wasn't only you. I, I kind of <laughs> had I, I kind of had a close call too. Ramrod, are you going to talk, or are you just going to sit there and look dumb? Well, you guys were looking back and forth at each other, so I was going <laughs> to yeah, let you guys does. do your thing. Yeah, this is what we do. We record podcasts <laughs> and we yeah, talk. Right. I just listen to them on Monday morning usually. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Maybe we got to keep it that way. Yeah, just we'll chime in you, at any time. We'll see you in that 131 episodes. We've always wondered how to get him to be quiet, and I guess we didn't need to shove a microphone in his face. We're bringing one along with us whenever we go fishing from now on. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly. I kind of figured he'd be the chatterbox. And right. I'd, I'd say, all right, three, two, one. one. He just, What's I'd, up, guys? Yeah, he'd I'd just take just it from in. there. Just I thought it. he was going to do the dirt bags. Kind yep. of thought about it. Kind of thought about it. So, uh, yeah, Ramrod is back. Uh, he hasn't been on since episode 100. Nope, not 100, just flat out 24. 24. And, uh, yeah, we thought uh, – Thought we'd have him back on. He's been doing a little bit of ice fishing lately. Matt's been uh, doing a little bit of ice fishing lately. But, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, we didn't kick out an episode last week. And for those of you that, uh, we, we you know, we kind of put it out there on social media a little bit, kind of answering some questions when people were asking what was going on. But uh, I had a COVID exposure. Matt actually full-on, A, had a COVID right. exposure, but actually got COVID. Yep. And, uh so yeah, we uh, we elected to take last week off. Uh, I actually was down. Uh, me and my neighbor Jeremy K went down to Guyman, Oklahoma, and uh, yeah, we got down to Guyman, Oklahoma, and Jeremy got a call that uh, COVID had hit his household, and uh, so we kind of looked at each other, and it was like, well, at this point, the damage is done, Jeremy. We uh, <laughs> we drove 13, 14 hours together in a car. If you've got it, I've got it, and. Uh, so whatever, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of laid low for a little while, and and uh, Matt, uh, Ramrod, are you are you messing up stuff I, over no, there? No, I did that. I you did that. Man. No, just yeah. blame it on Ramrod. Yeah, just blame it on Ramrod. Sensitive rod there, but no, Matt. Uh, yeah, Matt, I had. You're it, you're so. you're on the mend. You, uh, yeah. well, I mean, you're you're back full force. But uh, yeah. did you get pretty sick or not? No, I didn't actually. It just felt like a little bit of a sore throat for me. I mean, I was just like, okay. That's all I thought it was, you know, this time of year when I start coaching basketball and talking really loud and yelling at yelling kids. and stuff like that, you know. Switching to camel straights instead of the ultralights. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. When unfiltered. This is unfiltered time of the year. So, yeah, yeah that's all it kind of felt like. And uh, so, I mean, there was, a, there was like one day where it was just kind of like, ugh, just kind of felt meh. Yep. But I didn't really think anything of it. But Right. Ramrod, you had it a couple weeks ago. Yep. I had it over Christmas. Uh, just kind of got over it right before new year's but the first two three days i felt really um i don't know like greasy 
Yeah. Extra crazy. <laughs> extra, oh, and I, felt, I felt really tired. Uh, yeah. Somebody dumped some motor oil. Day, but um, kind of had a really bad headache. And, and other, other than that, I mean, everything felt fine. Never got a sore throat. Had kind of a tickly nose. Um, not really a runny nose. I was sneezing a lot, but I'm allergic to cats. My parents have cats, and so I kind of thought it was an allergy. And man, they really love you, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Dusty's allergic to cats. Let's, Let's get five get cats. <laughs> Let's get five three, cats. Three. Maybe they're trying. To, maybe they're trying to say like any day now. Get on <laughs> no, out of here. Getting close. Yeah. Now last, you know, last week after I had that COVID exposure, I was the one day I was like, well, but I've been kind of trying to kick the dooskies. I haven't been drinking as many oh, yeah. dooskies. I think that's all it was. Like, Caffeine withdrawal. Yeah, you you drink a freaking liter and a half of dooskies a day, and all of a sudden you quit. <laughs> like your body reacts. Slinging your body dooskies. reacts. Yep. But uh, no, obviously uh, we we just wanted to fill uh, those of you that don't follow us on uh, on Facebook. Uh, what exactly uh, was going on? We we didn't get into a fight. We we didn't. Uh, <laughs> the rumors you know, are not true. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, there there was people talking about a podcast divorce, and <laughs> no, no one actually said that. But uh, nope, we're we're back and uh, feeling better than ever. And uh, uh, I think we got a pretty solid show lined up for you. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, heck, it's probably a couple months ago. Heck, it was it was still. Uh, I don't even think you had shot your deer yet, had you? No, I don't think so. Okay, so it was, I mean, and you shot your deer, what, November? November 15th. Okay, geez. You you don't even know your freaking fiance's birthday, but you got got that down. Okay, so uh, me and Ramrod kind of were down at the local archery range, and uh, we just kind of got into a little debate on what the equivalent from deer to walleye is, and... uh, so I've been thinking about it. I think Ramrod's been thinking about it, and we're going to get Matt's opinion on it because I don't know that he's been thinking a whole lot about it. But maybe he has. Maybe he has. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, uh, so so what we're doing is is taking the the poundage of a walleye and comparing that to the number of inches on a deer. So the original argument though was the length. Really? Walleye. It was. It was? Yep. Yeah, length. We were talking about length. Hmm. Measuring it out. All right. Well, I can I can I can morph what I got into that. I can morph what I got into that. So we're gonna have to. So Yep. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's my show. Adapt and readapt. <laughs> All right. So Ramrod, I wanna know what you think the equivalent to a hundred and twenty inch deer is. 120 inch deer yeah equivalent to walleye yeah 18 incher 18 incher yep. for for this area i want to go where you're hunting if you're <laughs> then we I got that many dang 120 inch, inch deer, deer running this around area 18 inch is that 18 inch walleye okay there, there's no way there is no way you could go over any day of the week okay, and me, troll okay, through Okaboji and catch an 18. You could not go out any day. The areas where people from here fish, you're talking the river, you're talking Minnesota, Okaboji, and South Dakota, the lakes of South Dakota, an 18-inch walleye is about as common as a 20-inch eight-pointer. No, no. I think I'm, no I'm going to go with a fork or a basket rack is the equivalent to an 18-inch walleye. I think a, a forky is pretty equivalent to like one of those eater 14ers because you can go to a nah. lake in south dakota and catch 800 of those in a day really 
How many fish did you catch the other day? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get into that here in a little bit. <laughs> right. So, you're you're thinking you, about backtracking right now. No, let's just let him go with it. Eighteen I, inch, a hundred and twenty inch deer is equivalent. If to I were to backtrack, I'd maybe move it to sixteen. Well, what I got, I I went into poundage. I went into poundage, and I should have. I I messed up here, but if I had to, I would say that a fingerling walleye is the equivalent to a button buck correct right. yeah i mean i think yep. that we can agree on that i would say that a forky which is probably going to measure out 75 inches i mean realistically by the time if he's lucky <laughs> but every every yeah. single deer gets four four mass measurements on each side no matter yep. even if it's just a spike you automatically get a spread credit you're going to get something i mean it, it don't take a whole heck of a lot to get up to you know, a, a 70 inch deer. Okay. We're going to call that a 10 inch walleye. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Are we all on board on that? Yeah. I'll go with that. With that. All right. 110 inch deer. We're going to, we're going to go to, you know, maybe about a, a 90, 110. Did I say 110 inch? 110 inch deer. We're probably going to go Fourteener. Uh, a 14er. That's what I think. Yeah, 15, 16. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I did in poundage. I'm right. talk, go with when you're poundage. talking 110-inch deer, you're talking something that's like, yeah, I could keep this. This is this is like the smallest I'd go to, to keep for a walleye. 110-inch deer is something that's like, okay, that's something that if it walks out in front of me, I'd shoot it. This, this is where I went. I went a five-pound walleye is equivalent to a 120-inch deer. Okay, a five-pound walleye is mm -hmm. what? 23-incher, 22-incher? It's probably right in that 24. Yeah, I was going to say 24 maybe. 120-inch deer. That's what I would say, yeah. Six-pound walleye, 130-inch deer. Seven-pound, 140. Eight-pound walleye, 150. 150 is normally the trophy that that most deer hunters shoot for and i think at an eight pound walleye i mean people yeah. start really looking at that like you know what that that there's yeah. a trophy like you know i mean it's it's not a 10 but whatever i went a nine pound walleye is equivalent to 160 inch deer a 10 pounder 170 a yep a 10 pounder yeah, is, like is 170 then oh. you get up there into them them freak ones that, you know, you get a 13, 14 pound walleye. That's like a 200 and some inch deer that is very rare. What? So I, I went I went 180, 190, 200. So a 200 inch deer would be the equivalent of a 13 pound walleye in my book. When you jump to 14, you jump by 20s then up to yep. 220. A 15 pound, pound walleye, I went all the way up to 250. And a 16-pound walleye all the way to 280. Like, you catch a 16-pound walleye, like, you've got something special. You shoot a 280-inch whitetail, and you've got, like, you know, the freak of the... So, yeah. to bring this back to what, kind of what I'm thinking, a 16-pound walleye, how long do you think that is? 34. Yeah, yeah 35. 34, 35 yeah. inches, probably. I don't know. I think... So, back... you The, the number that got me was you had your... Eight pound walleye at 150 inches for a deer. Yep. 
An eight pound walleye was like that 26 inch walleye I caught in Okaboji. Right? That's what we agreed on? That was about eight pounds? I mean, it'd be seven. Six, seven pounds, yeah. Yeah, seven pounds probably. I just, I don't see how a 26 inch walleye can go to 100. I, I get that most people want to shoot a mature 150 inch buck or bigger. Like, that's what people strive to, to, to shoot. But if you're talking a 26 inch walleye, I, I shot a 140-inch buck this year, and I caught that walleye two years or three years ago. Okay. Shooting that buck was way more crazier than catching that walleye. I shot that buck, and it was like, yep, going on the wall. I caught that fish, and it's like, uh, do I, do I not? Uh, you were not like know. that in the Dumped shack. It. You were not like that in the shack. I guarantee you that you were yelling Ask, and screaming. Eric and was like, there. Oh, my gosh. Your brother Eric was there. And I said, uh, do I? no, I'm going to put her back down. Okay, so what's your point you're getting at here? I just think that that 140-inch buck was a lot more of a trophy than what that 26-inch walleye was. Could it be that you just plain out uh, but that's prefer like, deer hunting over walleye fishing? We're talking I mean, about being be, the equivalent. Talking, talking, you're talking to the a, mic. A, a, you're talking a 26-inch walleye through the ice on an ultralight rod with two-pound test. What the hell does that make a difference? I feel like doing it... Catching a big fish on light tackle is a whole different. It's like shooting a big. That's buck. like shooting a longbow. Well, kinda. If you shoot a if you shoot a big buck with a freaking rifle at three hundred yards, or if you okay. shoot it with a now, okay. with a bow at let me let 10 me yards. let me ask you this one now. You're making all these comparisons about like all the light tackle and stuff. So if you since it was a light one, but so you accidentally caught that. You accidentally you weren't trying to catch walleyes that day. No, I was fishing you, with bluegills. Right. So you accidentally caught that. Yeah. So if I go out and so you're saying a 26 inch walleye is the equivalent to a 140 inch deer? Yeah. Okay. So if I went out and hit a 140 inch deer with my truck, I could brag about it and being like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I finally got mine for the wall. Well, it was an accidental thing. I mean, I was out driving. Maybe I was out driving looking for deer, and it ran in front of my truck, and I hit it. Well. Well, if you were like a couple of the local people here in town, you would be. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, it was that 26-inch walleye was an accidental catch. So I think maybe it wasn't as exciting as I think like that when you're pursuing area, it. So the original argument was talking about our area. That's okay. kind of where the argument okay. moved into. I think for our area, to shoot a 200-inch buck, you're talking a 32-inch walleye at least. Right. That's what he said. I think a 32 inch walleye is 30 inch be... walleye for this area is equivalent to 180 inch buck or bigger. Okay. Are you just you're just stating that? Yeah. Like that's literally what I've got right here. That's what he said. I've got it written down. But that was my original argument the whole time. I said like a 20 a 26 26 is like a 140. I think a 28 inch walleye, which is some people's number for mounting a walleye is 28. Yep. yep. I think that's angler. like a 170 inch buck. So I've got a 10 pound walleye being 170 inch. And a 10 pounder is like a 30 incher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 10 and 30 and 10 is normally the, you know, when you catch a 30 incher, a lot of people, that's right. going to be in the 10 pounder. I mean, there's well, 30 inchers. That, yeah, there's yeah. 30 inchers that are only 8 pounds. There's 26 inchers that are 10 pounds, right. you know, and, and you just never really know. But. God dang it, I wish I would have had this on the the right way with, with the measurements and whatever. But 
Well, the, well, the crazy part about this too. So you're talking, you know, we got into the light tackle deal, and another thing you get into is like, you know, if if, if you have a 150 inch deer that's got 14 points, or if you got a 150 inch deer that's an eight pointer, I mean, that's a whole different deal too. So it just kind of between ice and open water and and shooting deer with traditional archery and uh, traditional archery or shooting it with a rifle or a muzzle loader. I think some of that all kind of comes into play, but. And also where you catch it. I mean, if, if you're out on Lake McConaughey or on Fort Peck. Or Lake Erie. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you know, yeah. the 10-pound the walleye is like, oh, yeah, you know. Oh, cool. G- good job. I mean, if you catch it, you know, even at Okaboji, 10-pound walleye is like, holy moly, yeah. like, that's a dang good fish. You shoot 150-inch deer here in Lyon County on public land, it's like, oh, boy. Yep. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, it's a big deal. Even on, not even on public land on private land too so let's roll this into bluegills here just real quick real quick just the rundown what do you guys think a nine and a half inch bluegill would be comparable to in a deer in a deer in a deer 160 a nine and a half i was gonna say 160 i was gonna say say maybe like 140 the, the hard part though is with the you know a nine and a half and a ten incher, that's only half an inch. But on a little fish like that, a half inch is a big difference. So I, I I knocked this down to quarter inches. Yeah, that's what's it's I, with a I smaller a, fish you have to. I put a nine and a half inch bluegill at a hundred inch deer. Okay. okay. You're you're giving me the the weird okay. look. Yep. No. So I went nine and a quarter at a hundred and ten. Ten inch de- or ten inch bluegill, I went to a hundred and twenty inches. You said uh, a ten inch at a hundred and twenty? Yep. A ten and a quarter at one thirty, ten and a half at one fifty, ten and three quarter at one sixty. Because I mean, when you start getting into ten and, and right. three quarters, I mean, you've you've got something you got pretty special. And and at one hundred and sixty, you got something pretty special. Eleven inches at one hundred and eighty. And any any time that you get up, you know, eleven and and a quarter, two hundred inch, eleven and a half, two hundred and twenty. And if you get 12 inches or bigger on a bluegill, you got a 260 plus inch deer. Is that fair? I think that's fair if you're talking about Midwest bluegills. If you're talking about Iowa Great Lakes bluegills, no. But that gets back into the whole area deal and, and all that stuff. If you're talking northern Minnesota, yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, Okaboji's kind of a mecca for bluegills. I mean, it, it's not otter tail, I mean, but I mean, it's for, for catching of lots of 10 inchers. I mean, if you want to catch a lot of nice 10 inch fish, yeah. But I don't know about 10. I mean, I mean, you're not, catch, eight, you're not eight, pulling eight up 10. Eight to 10. I think, I think you can catch a, a, say, a you limit catch a lot of, of nines, but like we're talking about here, there's a huge difference between a nine inch bluegill and a 10 inch bluegill. That's what I mean, I mean. I mean, Stu's kid caught one yesterday that we thought, like, whoa, like that thing has got to be 10 and put it on the measuring board, and it was like, nine right and it was it was just it was just it was a tall fish it wasn't you know it was just so damn tall and wide it made it look like that thing's got to be 10 over 10 but it's like put it on there it's like oh it's only like nine and a quarter or something like that i mean that's a huge fish and that's a big and it's a big bluegill but it's just like i mean and then all of a sudden you catch one a little bit later and it's just like well that doesn't look that big and also you throw it on the 
bump board and and that one's like nine and a half and it's just like well that other one looked way bigger so yeah. i guess i guess that's kind of like with a deer too like going back to dusty's point uh, you know how you got some deer that have the length and some of them that have the mass and stuff like that and so they just kind of look like their own different beasts but i don't know i i would say a 10 inch bluegill is more equivalent to maybe like a 140 inch deer because you know or maybe 130 135 inch because i mean they still are kind of like the holy grail like right you yep, know you catch, yeah. you catch that a 10 inch bluegill it's like oh man wow i mean that's a true trophy right there and then every once in a while i mean there's not people going out there and you know catching a lot of 11s and 11 pluses i mean it's it's that's kind of nuts right what would you go more crazy for? So so I've got here that a 10-inch bluegill is equivalent to a 120-inch deer. I've also got that a 5-pound walleye is equivalent to a 120-inch deer. If you caught a 5-pound walleye or a 10-inch bluegill, what would? Mine would be the 10-inch bluegill all day. Really? Yep. You'd, you'd go, you'd get more psyched so. up? I think so. Over a 5-pound walleye? Yep. Where you at, Matt? I'd probably go with the walleye. I think I would too. And like, I'm, I mean, just a personal deal. Like I, I would, you know, and I've never caught a five pound walleye. I have caught, I believe two, maybe three 10 pound bluegills. So I don't know if that's why it holds any different with me, but. Right. You said 10 pound, 10 inch. I just wanted 10 to, inch. I just wanted to. Yeah. Apparently I, I messed that up last week too. Cause I got a message about it that <laughs> a ten, that I said something about a 10 inch fish is a 10 or a, a 10 inch bluegill is a 10, 10 inch fish. fish. Yeah. <laughs> something yeah. like that. That's science. <laughs> you anyway, lying. Any way you slice it and dice it. I don't know it. how people could say you're wrong on that. Cause you're right. So I've got, I feel like I've got 11. You, you know what? You know what this comes down to? I don't know. That's that's not right. I just feel like in our area, it's more common to catch a five pound walleye than it is a ten inch bluegill. You that's just, not oh, true. I thought you just said that you were pulling them in left and the mecca of Iowa Great Lakes. I, we're I going in. Okay, pulling I, them I, in I, left I, and I right. I did say you could catch a lot of ten ten inchers, but I think that eight to nine and a half, you can catch a twenty five fish limit of those. Yeah. But I feel like you can go to a certain lake in our area and catch several five pound walleyes and fish all day catching bluegills and not catch one that's 10 inches you can catch several five pound walleyes i think so well once we get off air you i feel like matt's done it uh, not five not like we've caught a lot of big fish before in a day of fishing but like you started talking about a five pound walleye i mean you're getting up there are you guys holding this out on me like what <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I know he's talking about that one day when we caught like 80-some fish, and we, and 20 of them were probably over 20 inches, you know, and some of them were in that 24-inch range. But uh, to say that they're all five-pounders, they weren't five-pounders. But uh, but if you were to catch 85, 90 bluegills in one day, how many would be 10 or bigger? Not a lot. It depends where you're at. If I'm fishing with you, we're catching them all day long. <laughs> <laughs> 10 inches are bust. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. That's just a fun little I, argument. Yeah, it's, I, I want to hear. Get you I wanna, yeah, I want to hear what you guys. I want to hear what you guys out there, the listeners, feel about it. Send us a message. Email us. Do whatever. 
and I want to I wanna go over – I, I want to see what you guys think because, you know, maybe the guy out in South Dakota that's, you know, maybe maybe bad to the bone Bryce Nilsson up there on Big Stone is, is you know <laughs> – you know, he catches so many six-pound walleyes, he don't even know what to do with it. I right. mean, he's got cut bait for days. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to hear what you guys got to say. Maybe there, there's probably people that think Ramrod's completely off and they're right, and there's probably a couple people that think that I'm completely off and they're wrong. And you know, Matt's just kind of the moderator here. I, just I, the in-between guy. I feel like you were agreeing with me more. I, I would say so. Yeah. Thank you. But, Thank you. but that's why we're partners in this podcast. But 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 the top thing is though is that even you know you talk about length of walleyes and length of bluegills and stuff like that, it still doesn't compare to a twenty inch bass. So that's true. That is one hundred percent true. <laughs> There's no comparison. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know we've been. I've, I've been Matt. You've talked about this, and and I've I've you know we've talked back and forth there's been a lot of uh talk lately about wheelhouse etiquette we're going to call it wheelhouse etiquette up on uh up on you know a lot of the facebook pages uh you know i saw the other day a guy like flat out freaking had a tape measure out measuring (laughs) measuring from one guy's wheelhouse to his wheelhouse and you know was was pissed off and whatnot and and you know whatever like i i don't even remember how long it was i should have screenshotted it but i didn't and you know there's there's a chance that yeah you you probably got a point there man but uh so so if you guys are are pulling onto a lake and there's a bunch of wheelhouses out there how close are you willing to go to to somebody else's wheelhouse i mean there might be five wheelhouses set up on this freaking awesome point that you know about right you know whatever how close and and none of us here own wheelhouses down here in Iowa. It's it's not quite as as common. I'm if if you're from Minnesota, you got to have one, or you're not invited to Christmas. And <laughs> and uh, but I mean, how how close is too close? I feel like I'm not really the person like we talked about before that doesn't really like to be around the a group and doesn't really like to be around people. Well, so, we're gonna we're gonna talk about I that here like, too. But. I feel like if I were to pull a wheelhouse out and there was a bunch of people out on the ice i would say 25 30 feet at least see the thing that's 10 yards that's less than 10 yards 25 feet that's from here to the wall away so I'm, you're talking about getting away from the crowd <laughs> what, well, what are well, you gonna do hook your hitch up to theirs or what i don't know i feel like if it's in that situation of like all these people are in this spot and this is where like this the structure is the, the community hole yep. yeah if I'm going out to a, a random lake I've never fished before, and there's people, you know, all all bunched up, I might get 50 yards if not more, because I, I don't I don't know the lake, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just gonna right get away from them. But you're gonna want to get a map out. You want to look at a lake map to find some type of structure. You're not just gonna take a wheelhouse and set it up like just well, randomly make... out there in the middle, like some. Oh, this looks like a good spot. I mean, because oh, it's it's no. it's something that's going to be sitting there for a while. I mean, that you're. It's not gonna. It's not like, oh, we're gonna try this spot for a second here. Oh, there's no fish here. Let's crank everything back up and let's drive on and move again. I suppose if you're going out to Lake Ponset and you, you know, I mean, the the whole thing is just a big old bowl, right. you know, yeah, and you're going it. after perch, you're just heading out there, and it's like, ah, eh, this spot's as good as any. Let's see what happens. If you're going out on something crazy though, that's got lots of points and lots of humps, and right? Lots of all that. Maybe I'll look on the map and say, hey, all these guys are on this freaking hole out here. I might find another similar hole on the other side of the lake and go set up on that. 
Agreed. But the question is, how close is too close? We're not asking what what anyone would do in this situation because I think all us three would agree we're not how okay, you've got your you've got your shack set up out there. How close can I come in to you before you're like, dude, what the f- 25 yards. 25 yards. Yep. At 25 yards you're like, "Hey pal, like you, you want to come if over I'm, here and I'm have lunch too? Get off my porch. Close, 20, <laughs> 25 yards. I feel like 25 like, yards. All right, man, you're kind of close to me. Yep. Yep. Th- this one, I, I would, I, I would say 25 yards is like if, if, you know, I've, I've, we've all been up there on Lake Ponset where there's the community out, you right. know, in the middle, you know, just out there. And, and they're definitely a lot closer than 25 yards. Oh, yeah. right. I think at that point in time, if, if you're going out onto Lake Ponset and, you know, there's a ton of people around, honest to goodness, if somebody comes up at that point and is less than 10 yards from me, I don't know if I'm that worried about it, you know, because I moved in on these people. Now this guy's moving in on me. Too. There's going to be more people moving. I would say – I'm not worried about it until it actually deters me from getting out of my spot. Right. You know, where it's like, what the hell, dude? Like, I'm going to have to pack up. Yeah, I'm going to have to back up and, you know, do a 25-point turn with this trailer behind me, whatever. That's that's when I'm probably – if I'm all the way out all by myself and I'm not in the community already, at that point, 25 yards, you know, is kind of like, eh, you know, I'm all right with you over there you know, whatever I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'll strike up a conversation with you because that's the type of dude that I am, you know, see what kind of beer you're drinking, you know, Hey, you know, what you eating tonight, whatever. But I, I would say much closer than that. If I'm all out there by myself, you know, I mean, if I'm set up on a point and some guy moves in on me, it's like, well, I mean, I know why he's here, you know, maybe right. he had luck on this point too. But I would say once you get inside of 20 yards, it's kind of like, all right, dude, like, you know, really yep. like, you know, can we agree on that? Yeah, oh yeah. And, and like you guys said too, it all depends too. Like if they come up and they set up where you don't have access to getting to your hitch, if you do plan on moving or right. they set up where their generator is like right by your, you know, right by your shack, yep. close to your shack and you got to listen to their generator run or something like that. Or if, you know, if they're the type of people that are very like loud out there on the lake and, you know maybe not there to fish, maybe there for other festivities. It's like, okay, uh, maybe you could have parked a little bit further away from everybody. But. Yep, yep. Yeah, you're, you're right, too. I mean, yep. if, if they're, you know, if it's a group of freaking college kids that are out there to smash beers and freaking shotgun, you know, whatever, and, and they're, you know, loud and the vehicles are moving all the time and whatnot, yeah, I'm probably going to get a little revved up. If, you know, I mean, if it's just a dude that's out there fishing – I, I don't know. He could be pretty close without me getting too revved up, I I think. I think. I mean, I don't know. I You know, obviously, without being a wheelhouse owner, it's it's pretty hard to know. But Yeah. I think it's just another back to the fish and deer situation. I think it's just a very debatable on, like, the situation of the lake um, and, and kind of, like, the structure of what they're fishing. Like you said, if they're on Ponset fishing a 17-foot-of-water basin that's freaking one square mile, and you come up all close to me, it's like, why are you here? Like, this is all the same. But if you're on some special point, the lake only has one point, and that's where the fish are, and they get 10 yards from me, hey, 
To each their it's, own. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the whole, like you said, Dusty, as far as deer hunting and stuff like that. It's a public area, and, uh, you know, you set yourself, your, set, your tree stand up on a nice path, and you got a nice spot picked out, and then somebody comes in and sets theirs up in the tree right next to yours, and it's just kind of like, whoa, kinda, it, it kind of irks you a little bit and stuff like that but at the end of the day it's like well i guess it's public ground but you kind of want to work together um what do you guys like how about um as far as wheelhouses being out there and now you're out there with your portable fishing and nobody's fishing in the wheelhouse if 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 there's a wheelhouse set up on a point on a weed line whatever and i fly it out no no one's there because i mean there's dudes that set those up you know for four weeks at a time and never once move it go out there on the weekend or whatever i i don't think it's an issue to get pretty stinking close with a with a portable i i mean you know not that i want to but you know there again if they're on a point on a weed line whatever i i mean i'd probably move pretty dangerously close in if i knew that no one was uh you know knew that no one was in it if they were in it i'd i'd probably pack on 10 yards you know something like that but uh if i know no one's in it i'm not afraid to get 10 yards away from it i think uh if i know that no one's in it or or if i know that someone's in it you know i'd go 20 yards right i I think that's doable the other thing too is if you're not catching fish you'll move anyways unless you're me so well, and and so here here this this rule. Well, we're going to talk about one other thing with ice ice etiquette, and uh, again, this is something that we don't really deal with a lot, but I know a lot of our Minnesota listeners do. On some of these big lakes like Malax and and Lake of the Woods and and uh, you know Leech whatever, uh, there there's a lot of places that plow ice roads out there, right? And you know a lot of lot of hoopla on social media is about the guys that drive out on these ice roads and park on the side of the ice road or right on the ice road and uh you know are fishing right there and you know it pisses a lot of people off i i get it whatever but at the end of the day it's still a public lake so you kind of battle that right there uh you know one thing that i'm thinking about is like some of these guys that plow access, you know, plow these roads out there because they own the private property that, you know, is on the lake. And a lot of times you got to give them five, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever to get on there. And then you can use their road out there. They maintain it. They plow it. If you're renting a shack from them or, you know, renting a spot, you know, a plowed out spot, you know, they'll make sure that you can get on and off, whatever. But what you know, I guess what I kind of wonder is like, so if I've paid this guy ten dollars because I'm going to use his access and go out there with my, you know, go out there with my pickup and my, you know, uh, uh, portable shack. I guess do you got to tell him where you're going? I mean, you know, or or is it up to that guy to come out there and be like, hey, dude, you know, you just paid me ten bucks. I mean, can you ask him like, hey, I want to go out there. I want to get to this area right here. You know, would you be willing to make me a, a little jut off the road? I don't know. How does right. that work? Yeah, I don't know either. I know a lot of those places up there, they do like kind of the roads lead to like side roads. And right. And they plow spots for wheelhouses out. But uh, as far as I think, if you want to get off the beaten path, I think that you're kind of on your own. Yeah. 
I I kind of feel like if you're paying money to go out there on one of them roads, go fish where you want to. You paid ten bucks to go out there. Right in the middle want. of the road. Go in the middle of the road. You paid money. See the biggest really? the biggest the biggest thing with the road though is that when you a lot of those places, especially when they have a lot of snow on the on the lake up there, and you drill a hole on the road, it ends up flooding the road out. And now you have like slush pockets and stuff okay. like that. That's why a lot of the people get upset about it when you do drill on a, on a on a, a road, like an ice road, a plowed path, and stuff like that. A lot of that that causes a lot of that type of issues. You think that there's ever like like ice road wars? You know, like yeah, John across the bay, he's got his ice roads. He's charging ten <laughs> bucks, but you know, I'm I'm over here. Come to ours. Ours are extra wide. Extra wide, but. I'm gonna go over to John's Roads and just freaking Swiss cheese those sons of guns. We're about to get yeah. some snow, and he's about your, to flood. I'll let you keep your ten bucks if you go drill all over his roads. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, I I wonder if there ever is that type of deal, like a little back and forth. <laughs> I doubt it, but I, well, I guess up there you never know. I guess you never know. <laughs> just I, I'm thinking about grumpy old men. You exactly. Know, just those two, like yeah. pushing go pushing the shack across the lake with the truck. Okay, so but, I mean, I guess you know, too. Like, there's people that will park on the on the road or try to get off the road a little bit, and then fish off the road. I, you know, I don't really have an issue if they're fishing off the road, and you never know. I mean, if it's an elderly person or somebody that you know maybe has a disability that you know can't really do a lot, but they want to get out there. I mean, you got to kind of be courteous of everybody too. And again, none of us own the lake, so right. Does it suck? Yeah, but. You know, maybe you're the one that has to drive around that person to get to where you're going. See, I, I think I think at that point in time, you know, when you've paid your ten dollars and you look at the guy and you say, Hey, look, you know, I've I've got an amputated leg. You know, I can't get around in that deep snow, you know, so uh, you know, I'm I'm looking to come out here or whatever. I got a feeling that a lot of those guys are gonna be like, you know, all right, you know, where right. you wanna go, like, you know, let me plow you, you know, twenty yards off the side of the road over there and you know, I'll I'll get you set up. And maybe maybe not, but you know, hey, I'm you know, I'm ninety five years old. I you know, here's my ten bucks, I wanna use your road, but you know, I, I can't get off the beaten path very far, you know, what do you recommend? And I got a feeling if you if you just level, you know, with the guys that are doing the plowing and the guys that's collecting the money, you know, if, if you tell them, Hey, this is the situation. I got a feeling that they're going to say, Oh, you know what? I know of a spot, you know, why don't you, and maybe not, maybe not, maybe it's not like that at all, but I don't know. I would, I would like to think that if, if you, you know, if you're up front right off the bat, just flat out saying, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go through a foot and a half of snow. I would think that they would try to work with you. I, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. So back to the back to that last one, you know, with how close you get with wheel housing. So so let's turn this into portables. So Ramrod, uh, yesterday you were out on Okaboji uh, with my brother, and you guys banged around, uh, you know, on Emerson. You went up to try Boji, and you guys never really had a whole lot of luck, but you guys were constantly trying to stay away from the crowds. Pretty much. So. Before we started recording here, we were talking about, uh, you know, you guys stayed hundreds of yards away from the crowds. From the ed edge of the crowd was probably 100, 150 yards. But you went all day yesterday and caught two fish. Two fish. Two fish. So, 
I want to know at what point in time do you put your pride aside and say, you know what, guys, we're going to the community spot over there. I, you know, when, when you get out there and there's 100 shacks all within a 100-yard radius, they're not there because they're not catching fish. They're there because they're catching fish. And I get it. Every, all three of us here would rather be the ones that are 200 yards off because I think we've all been there when we're 200 yards off and it's like, holy moly, I don't know what they're doing over there, but they should all be over here. Well, a lot but of at times, what point in time the, do you? That's the reason that the fish are over there is because there's so many people in one spot. Sometimes if you just get off the edge of the crowd, you know, the fish are a little less pressured. I, I don't know. Like, at what point do you put your pride aside and say, you know what? I mean, maybe you don't go smack dab in the middle, but maybe just you go 20 yards outside of the, you know, 30 yards outside of the outside guy. Well, we've talked about before, you guys have talked about before on one of the recent episodes about how, you know, you guys like to, you know, not flip the shacks over, like to drill lots of holes and sit out there on a bucket on your knees. Rick and I, we're the flip over shack right when we get out there. Don't like the cold. Like, we want the heaters on. It's 20 degrees. Shacks oh, are flipped. Beautiful. Heaters are on, man. We're, we're cold. So No gloves. We really didn't want to be out there hole hopping. To us, it was cold. To other people, some, you know, Billy Joe fish bucket out there is, you know, slaying fish out there on his bucket. We didn't want to do that. So, to be moving around and stuff a lot, yeah, we could have. We could have drilled 150 holes and went all over around them and moved around and caught fish. We were marking fish. I mean, we marked fish all day long. Okay, then how many times? Uh, what were you? How many times did you switch up your lures and presentation? Oh, God knows, ramrod. I switched up colors. I downsized. I upsized. I switched from different plastic colors to wax worms. I, I'm a plastic guy. I don't really like to use wax worms. Yeah, that's why you don't catch a whole lot of fish. I was fish, using too. wax worms. I started using waxies. Um, I changed to like. But you you had three of you out there. How many fish did you catch between the three of you? You don't you don't have to say who caught what, but how many fish did you catch between the three? I'm not sure exactly how many Eric caught, but probably around fifteen. I'm guessing Eric caught ten, I caught two, and, and Drew caught three. You got outfished by a guy that didn't have a flasher. Well, he was borrowing one. Yours. What were you using? Mine. Oh, so he did have a flash. Yeah. Well, that's why he caught more than you. First time flasher user. That's right. <laughs> well, he had a good flasher. My nephew was <laughs> using the flasher yesterday. He does listen to this, but he does was kind of confused at first because he really never used one much, really hadn't gone ice fishing much. He said his best day ice fishing, there was a group of three or four guys, and they caught like five perch, and they thought it was the best day ever. So he's like, well, I've been there. I've been there. I'm telling him how bad this sucks. This is the worst day ever, you know, like this is i'm never doing this again and did he's you like, tell him he this had might a bad be my guide. first or second best day ice fishing ever he was living it up well there's just another topic right there you know sometimes what we think is a terrible day is a great day to other people so. right yeah i i don't know i guess honest to goodness if i had gotten out there at 7 30 and i have tried to blaze my own trail for quite a while i would say in the afternoon i'd be I'd be looking I'd for be, the shack that's been sitting there for quite a while. I'd be, I, I would like, you but know, just remember the, the, the one that was sitting there for a while only caught two fish all day and kept sitting there. So yeah, I was. <laughs> so by the time I ended up seeing, I had a few buddies out there and they were about 200 yards behind us where we were set up and they caught limits of bluegills and crappies between a lot of people like each their own limits. 
by the time I saw that Snapchat, I wasn't really on my phone much. And uh, by the time I saw that, it was like 4.30. It's kind of sun's going down. It's not really worth the move. We talked about it. You know, Rick was like, yeah, you think we can get over there in time? And it was like, yeah, I don't think so. We just we just stayed where we were at. But Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't move across because there's been one shack that's been staying there. But obviously, if there's a hundred shacks out there, right. they're, they're they are catching fish there. They might they might not be catching a ton of fish. It might have been hard for everyone, but I got this feeling that they were catching more than two. Yeah, they definitely were. Everybody that I knew, and that's was not a swipe there, at you, but no, I, I'm sure everyone, that they were catching more than everyone two. Everyone over there was was catching a ton of yep. fish. And if I like I said, if I would have saw that snap a lot sooner, we probably would have moved. But it's like ah, oh, you know, maybe the the bite will kick on here in the afternoon. But you know, it just never did. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess with that being said, who knows? I, I, I personally would not go all day. I, my, my pride would get thrown aside and, and I would, I'd move in and, and, you know, whatever. I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are like, Scott, you know, whatever, Iowa fish finder. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> check out the stringer. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to put your tail between your legs and just admit that you got your butt whooped that day and yep, join on in. All right. Uh, I got a message from uh, one of our listeners, Sawyer, uh, and on Sunday on the Ice Fishing North Dakota page, there was a guy, uh, I'm just going to say his name, I, you know, he put it out there, whatever, Hunter Pringle. Uh, Hunter Pringle apparently is not happy with his little buddy heater. <laughs> so he posted a video and a picture, and the picture was him, was a Snapchat, of his little buddy heater about 25 feet in the air and i don't know it had a caption like little buddy heater suck or something like that or something like that and uh did i just say or something like that or something back like that back. that was yeah. badass blah 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 whatever whatever you know <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> but uh uh and then the next one was him in his dodge pickup without a running board that that you could see was supposed to be there but isn't running over his buddy heater now Sawyer texted or messaged us and said, "Here's a guy who's hard on his gear, and holy moly, is he hard on his gear!" But uh, I guess sorry if Hunter Pringle listens to this, but if you're gonna be an idiot, don't put it on Facebook. Right. I mean, I don't know what you're trying to prove there. Well, what I mean, are you trying you, to prove? If you have an issue with the the buddy heater and stuff like that, maybe get a hold of their customer service. Maybe you know we've had issues with the buddy heaters before where. There's that um, valve in there that gets stuck. But when it, when they tip over, they automatically go automatic off, and so off. you got to tip them upright and kind of pound on it a little bit. I think it's like actually a marble that moves right. in there, and sometimes that marble gets a little bit caught up or whatever, and and you tap it on the bottom, and boom, it'll pop back off. You know, I mean, this isn't a, a buddy heater isn't rocket science. A right. B. You know, I I get it. You know, you're spending a hundred hundred and you know. $20 on a heater, you know, $75 on a heater, whatever. I mean, they, they should be lasting at least one season, if not five seasons. You know, mine rides in my shack, uh, you know, the grates are beat to hell. You know, the whole entire heater's pretty much beat pretty good. And I bought a refurbished one out of Cabela's Yeah, probably four years ago, five years ago. And that thing's still going like, I mean, I'm not, I mean, this isn't uh, an infomercial for buddy heaters. But, uh, I mean, they're not going to be in business if, if they're, you know, that, it, you know, they're terrible. I mean, you couldn't even, 
understand the words that he posted. It didn't even make a complete full sentence. Well, I, mean, I, th- I think we're dealing with a guy who's not very smart. <laughs> but instead of posting something stupid like that, why don't you post in a fishing forum of a lot of people who use these heaters? Hey, this is the problem I'm having. I'm this is the problem I'm having. Does anybody else experience this? Has anyone else experienced this? Like, am I just really hard on my gear, or can one of you guys tell me what's going on here? Instead, he made an ass of himself, right. and and like I personally want to buy another buddy heater just to piss off Under Pringle. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and and the next thing is, and I'm a Dewalt guy, and we're gonna talk about Dewalt here in a second too. Did I, I never brought up that Dewalt battery deal? Did I? Mm-mm. Okay, sometimes you forget what you have brought up and haven't brought up. But uh, Dewalt Dewalt makes a heater also. Well, Dewalt's got their name on a heater also. And all these people are bashing the buddy heater, you know. Oh, you got to get the DeWalt one. You know, buddy heaters suck. DeWalt's are awesome. So I went on there, and uh, that's all DeWalt does is they slap their name on an Enerco heater. And Enerco is the uh, parent company of buddy heater. So that's literally a buddy heater painted yellow with a DeWalt name on it. And and you can see that. And it's it, they look like, identical. I know. And I just get a kick out of Like a lot of these people that get online and bash these comp like this, all oh, this product sucks. You need to get this one. Like you just brought up there. A lot of times they're the exact same thing with just the other company's name on it. It's right. A, just a Made in the brand. same factory it's in China. Right. right. It's like. So, yeah. I mean, to bring, I, in, to bring in something off topic here, but like medicine. You think about like some of like the name brand medicine, you go to the dollar store and find something that's that looks like the same thing. You know, if instead of it being NyQuil, it's Equate sleeping medication, whatever. It's literally the exact same thing with a different label. Well, the probably. Exact right. Yeah. It, I mean, it happens a lot. It ha- yeah. I mean, food and everything. I mean, there's there's you can go to the dollar store and buy Girl Scout cookies for like a dollar a box and. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you not to support the Girl Scouts, but <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're, that happens a lot. But yeah, and I'm not saying that Dewalt doesn't tell Enerco, "Hey, I, I want you to beef this thing up a little bit. You know, right. use a thicker gauge steel. You know, not as much plastic, whatever." But but to sit here and say that the the Buddy heater sucks and the Dewalt one is is awesome, like, all right, man, pump the brakes, right? Pump pump the brakes, and and like I said, you know say both of them suck i don't give a rip but you know i i'm not a proponent of buddy heater i use them you use them you know whatever and and i mean i have had one that went bad but i've never had one that you know uh you know i, I was being hard on my gear man that's like right. that's just what it was that's just what it was but hunter pringle takes the cake i want to know if he picked up that buddy heater after he was done or if he just drove over it and he left. probably did and then called up buddy and it's like hey my heater's not working what's the warranty issue on this thing well they they couldn't they they didn't understand him because he he did say let me let me read let me read what he said i'm pretty sure I he must have been he's not text, a poor voice texting hunter pringle review on the buddy flex heater question mark i'm tired of going through a little buddy a season i'm not a poor so a sunflower isn't an option so so i think he's saying he's not poor or is he saying that people that use sunflower are poor? That's what I think he's saying. That it's like it's the bottom of the barrel. That's not what he wants. He wants, well, then go out there, look online, find the most expensive freaking heater you have because then it must be the best. Then buy it. 
and then see what it, get a freaking nipco and put it in your shack and have freaking <laughs> forty five thousand btus blasting on you if you need to be that warm i don't know uh, he's not a poor though but he's he keeps buying the buddy heaters that just tells you i go through one of them a year one it's like why he- now are you still buying them then because <laughs> he's an idiot because <laughs> he's yeah there's no he's not hard on his gear he's just he's just an idiot just an idiot <laughs> uh all right here here's the next one and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here at the end but uh changing sponsorships uh you know th- this happens all the way across you know hold on though you talking about you're gonna say sponsorships or pro staff I mean, it's it's going to be both okay. Spon- kind of sponsorships on sponsorships for the tournament anglers, and you know for for promotional staff for the everyday anglers around here. Uh, you know, I, big news recently in the bass fishing world was Chris Zaldane, who has been a mega bass guy for a long time, switched and went with thirteen fishing. And you know, there's a lot of big names. You know that uh, you know Seth Fighter from you know up in Minnesota. Uh, he was always a bass cat boat guy and he switched to ballistic here last year. And, you know, ev- every single person that, you know, Zaldane's going to get in front of everyone and he's going to say, oh, 13 fishing rods, you know, best, you know, this is the best, you know, smoothest cast and reel I've ever had. You know, these rods, they just, you know, whatever. And, and I know Seth fighter, you know, he, he's super happy with his ballistic boat and, 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 you know, realistically, he probably is. You know, I mean, I, I got a feeling that, you know, he, he doesn't regret it. You're getting a brand new boat. You know, it, it probably really doesn't matter what kind of brand new boat you hop into. It's like, yeah, this one's going to do, right? right? You know, right. I mean, I, I can see a bigger issue with, with fishing rods, with fishing reels especially. Maybe not with rods as much, but with reels, I could definitely see a big deal. But but let's let's bring this down to the local guys, you know, uh, a guy that's been uh, you know promoting a, a brand of jigs forever. You know he he loves it, and and maybe he hasn't been promoting it forever. But I mean hardcore on social media, always posting about this, and all of a sudden, boom! One day, totally different brand, and now these are the best jigs. These are you know these are the ones. I mean. And, and this this hasn't happened, but we'll just take a guy who's always ran tuned-up custom rods. Loves tuned-up custom rods. Best rods, you know, every single fishing post he puts on there, tuned-up custom rods. And all of a sudden, he's a JT guy. And, oh, you know, the Black Rain is the one, you know, the, the Panhandler's the one, whatever. Do they lose credibility? Do they lose credibility with you? Do they, you know, if they do it once? Are they still okay? But if they do it twice in two years, then is it like, all right, dude? I what? think I think it all depends on sometimes how they deliver their message. If they're saying the exact same thing they said about the previous company about their current one, then it's just kind of like, all right, dude, this is all you're, you know, this is all you're trying to do is you're trying to get on pro staffs, you're trying to, you know, do all this stuff. But I mean, if it's a credible person that you know, and you know that like they you trust in what they're saying about their gear, then, you know, I can handle it. But if it's every year and it's something different, I mean, at least stick with something for a few years before you start jumping it. But, uh, I don't know. Once they start doing it a few times, they lose all credibility with me. I mean, I'm always going to go to those guys that have been running the same thing for a long time. You know, those are the type of guys that I'm, there's, there's a reason that they're running that stuff. Right. 
and uh, they they haven't switched or even tried to attempt the switch. You know, there's a lot of those. I mean, anybody every year could if they wanted to like change over the the type of rods they're using. But you know, a lot of guys just stick with what has worked. But I don't know. They lose credibility with me. And uh, if they're just somebody that's out there, just a weekend warrior, and you know, it's yo, you got to have this thing. And then all of a sudden it's like another, in a couple weeks, it's, oh, this is the best. It's just like, all right, dude, I'm not, you're just full of it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my deal too. If when you go, you switch something after a year of using it or two years of using it, you make one switch, you know, maybe they made that switch because they are, you know, they find themselves buying more of those rods. Maybe they liked one rod. They're like, oh, and they keep buying it. Like, I'm just going to fully switch. Got it. If, you know, I could go to the store and buy three three millimeter white tungsten jigs from three different companies, and I guarantee you they're almost gonna all look exactly the same. Like how 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 much of a difference can you get in a little three millimeter tungsten jig? Same paint color, all that. Not really much. So how can you swear by one and then go and swear by the other when they're pretty close to the same? Now rods, you start seeing some more differences. Boats, I would say you start seeing even more differences. So like Someone who swears by one jig company and then goes to a, jig, a, a different jig company, maybe they started buying more of that other one. Got it. Cool. And, and maybe jigs, you know, I mean, I, I guess personally I can't even think of somebody that switched, you know, a, you know, a, a tungsten jig company to a tungsten, you know, a different no. tungsten jig company. But when you're talking rods, if someone makes one switch in a year or, or, or you know, one switch ever, like in their career, tuned up to, to JT. You know, maybe they found themselves buying more JT rods, and, yep. and they right. fully yeah. made that oh, switch. Yeah, yeah absolutely, it. absolutely. You know, if you're if you're a bow hunter and you shoot a Hoyt one year, and then you shoot a Matthews the next year, and you shoot a Bowtech the next year, and it's, you just oh, this is the best bow ever, smoothest bow ever. You're an idiot. Does it make a difference to you? So so say say Matt's made of money, and every single year he goes up there to Shields and and walks it, you know, up to the. Uh, you know, up to the archery uh, section and says, all right, I'm going to pick up every single one of these bows, not sponsored. He's going to pick up every single one of these bows and, you know, he's, he's going to, you know, figure out what he wants to do every single year he upgrades. Do you take his word for it when he says, ah, oh, man, this bow tech is freaking awesome. Like I, I love this compared to a guy who's on the pro staff. Because I'm shooting them all every single year, and I would I say yes. I would say if he's better. out up there and he's shooting every single new bow every single year, and he picks the one that he thinks is the smoothest, nicest bow. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you're on Matthews Pro Staff, and every time Matthews comes out with a new bow, yeah, this is the best one ever. This was the best one ever, and you haven't tried even shooting any other ones. No, I don't. I don't take that. Well, I just get a kick out of all that though too. Is this is the best one ever. Well, it should be. It's the it's the new version. It's not like you're gonna be like, uh, the, the new 2022 lineup of so and so so sucks. And I'd say we went down a little right. bit this year. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish it was still like the 2021 model, but yeah, if you just want new equipment, this is what you're gonna get. So I mean, here you go. Hopefully, 2023 is gonna be better, but I doubt it. It so, goes back to personal preference, too. Matt, a couple weeks ago, was talking about that Jason Mitchell rod of his that he wished they still made. Right. Oh, for sure. Love I mean, that rod, right? Right. But I'm, it, all, all three of us right here could could say, you know, we could say, 
pick out your favorite bluegill rod and not a three of us are going to have the same one right and that and that's you know i i get that i i don't know i i'm willing to give somebody a grace if they switch every few years now now here's what i want to know say chris zaldane comes out and says you know uh with mega bass this is what i didn't like and this is why i switched do you appreciate his honesty if he tells you that this is why you know say a local guy uh you know went from you know we'll we'll say uh you know we'll 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 say cold snap rods He, he was only using cold snap rods and and he went to tuned up custom and he said you know I, I tried these cold snap rods and I just, you know, I, 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 you know, they were, they were good for four years. And then I went out fishing with my buddy who's a tuned up custom guy. And man, I, you know, the second I got that thing in my hands, I, I knew, you know, that was, do you appreciate him telling you that yep. or, or, or would you rather him just, just making the switch and being done? No, nope. I think, I think him coming out and saying why, and him saying, you know what? I used these for a while, and I really did actually like them. But I tried something new, and I liked it better. So that's what I'm going to use now. Absolutely. Is that professional to to throw shade at the old company? I don't think that's throwing shade. I, I just like, think you said, right, "Hey, I found something that fits what I do and how I fish or how I hunt or whatever." As long as you better. keep it respectable, right? Yep. So, so there, there's a lot of people trying to figure out why Zaldane would have went from Mega Bass to 13 fishing. And there's a lot of people, you know, Swindle went to 13 fishing last year. Yep. And and there's a lot of people saying that 13 fishing is is really willing to work with these guys, you know, come into the factory, meet with our engineers, you know, you're going to have a lot more say in, you know, the design process and, you know, we're going to make them, you know, just the way you want them. Does, does that, I mean... I, when you talk about Mega Bass or uh, thirteen getting Zaldane now and stuff like that, I think it was a big move that they had to make because last year there was a lot of talk about you know thirteen rods are kind of you know they break a lot. I was going to say have, oh snap <laughs> they have they have a lot of issues with breaking and last year on with Bass Live and stuff like that. I mean Swindle is he's always going to be on Bass Live. And he broke a lot of the rods on Bass Live, so there was a lot of talk about that. And I think that they really went into, like, went into scramble mode a little bit and went into a design process. And I think that they figured that we better get another another guy on board here, and we better. I think Kyle you know, Welcher is too. Right, and we need to get you know these things improved. So, and I think they have, which, I mean, that's what all products that i mean there's going to be some ups and some downs there's going to be some fails but there's also going to be some successes so hopefully i mean they got their product figured out well and 13's not a super old company is it no it's i I think it's i mean within 20 years old i believe so i think some of these getting some of these anglers are only helping them grow more you know think about it compared to berkeley that's probably been around way longer right i don't don't know i mean pure pure fishing is the biggest biggest fishing company in the world so you know maybe they don't have as many you know guys that they're promoting and he got maybe a better deal or he thought hey maybe i can help these guys grow and they thought that he could help them grow they worked out the deal where, where he was getting a better sponsorship and he thought that he could work with them to get a better rod and and that's what he did but would you guys sell your soul to the devil 
and uh, take a subpar product if, if you were getting it for free? I mean... Probably not. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, how, how many guys do you think go to a trade show, you know, as, as a pro staff and have, to, you know, or, or flat out looking people in the eyes and saying like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. A when lot. deep they down like they freaking know a it lot. sucks. A lot. Well, you yep. talk you talk to some of these people. Uh, there's a lot of professional fishermen that don't fish with the products that they Oh, for sure. And, and Bass promote. Live's been an issue, you know, because right. it's like you can't hide it anymore. Right. So, th- I mean, there, that's that's a big thing. You know, guys, at that level, you're going to use what catches the fish for you. That's making you the money. And sometimes it might not be your sponsor thing, but you're at the end of the day, they're still going to promote their sponsors. They're still going to, I mean, they'll still use their products and stuff like that. But there's a lot of guys that, there, there is a lot of guys that will, you know, push product that they don't even use. No, I, so there I, is a lot of guys that will sell their soul just for that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we'd probably be pretty, pretty scared to find out how much that actually. Well, I think it's kind of funny, like. Well, a few years ago, like on one of the Great Lakes fisheries, um, all those guys were throwing a different wrap. I can't remember what crankbait they were throwing, but it wasn't a wrap of the DT-10, but, you know, it sure didn't look like it on Bass Live and all this other stuff. But then all of a sudden, it's just like, no, we caught it on the DT-10, and it was just like, that was not a DT-10. So it happens. I mean, like I said, you're out there at the end of the day, they're trying to make a living off of it. They're going to throw what's working for them. Yep. All righty. Well, uh, we've gone up and over an hour now. So uh, you guys got good news stories or did I catch you off guard here? No, I got good news stories. I got one right. I can use. All right. Uh, Ramrod, you can start out. Yep. Welp. Um, mine would probably be, so my sister left for Army basic training. Um, kind of convinced her in joining that. And tomorrow, she actually starts basic training. She's been in um, reception here for a while, got COVID, was kind of quarantined for a while, got back into that. And, uh, yeah, so tomorrow's kind of the start of her little journey. That's awesome. Way to go, Lexi. Yep. Mine? Yep. Uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to uh, – the Lyon County Conservation Board, Emily Ostrander, uh, I think Brandon Cool helped with it, Craig Van Otterloo, uh, the board over there at Lake Pahoya, they put on their kids fishing tournament this past weekend and had like 90 plus kids, 50 plus adult, you know, people there with the kids, Yep. kind of as participants, I guess you could say, but uh, did awesome, there was a lot of kids out, like I said, it was good to see everybody out there having fun. Uh, catching fish they had all kinds of prizes that were donated by all the sponsors so that was pretty cool got to fish by jeremy k and Stu the noob and their kids and then my dad and uh, my brothers came down with their kids and they were all out there fishing so pretty cool to see grady i ran into grady over yeah. there oh, yeah. out there in his sweatpants and tennis shoes <laughs> so i was like what are you doing i texted, I texted <laughs> I like, him i'm like dude doing? if you were gonna go like why didn't you let me know i would have got you some gear yeah, we didn't catch anything, so we left early. <laughs> All right, 10-4, man. So, 10-4. no, like I said, it, it's fun when it, those events can be put on, and, yeah, it was cool. Yep. Um, my uh, my good news story, 
I, I don't I don't really have much of a story, but uh, um, as of uh, Monday when this episode drops, it is 31 days till we will be taking off for Hooked on Hardwater, oh, and yeah. uh, you know it's it's uh, it's coming in fast. Which you know the 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 crazy part about that is, you know, a lot of times after we're done with Hooked on Hardwater, we don't have a ton of ice, ice you right. know, after ice that. So I mean, I. It's one of those deals that you got to start thinking of right now. You know, I was I was texting with my buddy John. Uh, he he borrowed um, he borrowed a couple of Vexlars and a Hub Shack from me this weekend because I was pulling dad duty and uh, knew I wasn't going to be able to use them. And he he was saying, ah, you know, I I might wait a couple months and you know see if there's any year end deals on on some of them Hub houses. And it's like <laughs> you ain't gonna have to wait that long no. because I, you know. I guarantee you, you know, I think most people always go by, you know, when Shield starts rolling out their, their open water stuff, but it's going to be soon. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I was talking to Mr. Loris today, and he was saying that according to stuff that it's supposed to be another spring like we had last year, and last year we were out on the lake in early March Yeah. with the boat, so. Yeah, well, if, I mean. It, you know so we, we've had a couple a days away, right? we've had a couple days that have been pretty cold but i mean it's not like our ice is like oh man you no. know it's you know super thick it, you know if it starts going the other way we're you know we're in for a, a pretty short late ice se- uh, session so right. that's right all right guys well uh that will be episode 155 uh i believe we should be coming uh back next week with a better guest than the one we had this week <laughs> and uh um we've we've actually uh um we're talking with two separate people right now so one hopefully will be you know next week and then the other one the week after that and uh yeah so hopefully that all works out and uh we'll we'll see you guys next week on episode 156 this was 155 later